Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night. You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. Hiya, Dom. Hiya. How's things? Things are fine. Yeah? It's hot, isn't it? Yeah, it's hot, all right. I have to say, I like your pants. I think I told you about these pants earlier on. These pants, baggy red pants, these were um, in tribute to a, a still image that I saw one time of Tom York, the lead singer of Radiohead. He was doing a photo shoot wearing very, very baggy black trousers. And I thought, man, they look cool. And then I was walking around and I saw a pair of trousers that were red with the same kind of fit. And I thought, I'll have them. And you look fantastic, Dom. They're just cut off at the bottom, cut right off. Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. Well, done. well, unfortunately, they had these little hooks, like kind of toggles on the bottom, and if you walked around barefoot and you got your foot on them, it was like standing on a piece of Lego. So I cut them off. Quite right, it allowed, it allowed the trouser just to kind of float around a little bit more kind of gypsy-like. How's your week been? <clears throat> it's been pretty good. I've been, yeah. you know, desperately avoiding the sun. Yeah. Because it's so hot yeah. and trying to keep my garden alive. Yeah. So the thing with me is I'm usually up around about 6.30, 7. So between 7 and about 9.30, I can yeah. water the plants. And then I have to hide inside. Right. Go to the gym. And then I can't then water the plants until probably closer to 6. So then I run outside and water the plants again until it gets dark. So it's just a whole practice of trying to keep my plants alive. You can you can see them physically go from... They're wilting. Wilting. You give them some water, back up to feeling good. Good. Good for you. What about you? Yeah, it's been a good week, actually. Uh, did a bit of cooking, did a bit of um, surfing. It's been good, actually, yeah. Did a little bit of music. Yeah, good week. I was on the west side and I said, I might come over. And you said, all right, I've got a few things come going on. I don't think you said, mate. I'm coming over. Mm-hmm. And you said, okay, I've got a few things coming going on, yeah. but come over. And then I thought, it sounds like it's a bit of a hassle. So then I said, I'm not coming over. And you said, why? I didn't answer because I was driving. And then later on, you just sent me a photo of my dinner. And you said, this is the dinner that I bought for you. And I thought, oh, it's quite angry. It's quite expensive as well. Did you have it yourself? Did did it get caught in your throat? Did you choke on it? No, it's still in the fridge. I'll eat it tonight. Treat yourself. I will, I know. I'm sorry. I I thought I wanted to get home before the traffic. Yeah. That's what I did. Well, well done. But to be honest, my dinner last night was uh, half a bowl of soup and a bag of crisps. Well, that's all right. So I probably in the soup? No, as a side dish. So I probably would have benefited from coming over to your house. You would have enjoyed it. Now, this week we have a fantastic guest. Oh, what? I mean, if you're talking Lord of the Rings, which we sometimes do. Sometimes. This would be one of your, well, certainly top three. There were, I believe, number one, number two, number three, number four on the call sheet. Yeah. I think, were you three? I was four, I think. I think I was three then. Number one, Elijah Wood. Had him. Number two. Yep. 
is our guest today, the fantastically talented Sean Astin, who I believe played Sam Wise Gamgee in The Lord of the Rings, who later on became known as Sam Gardner. Did you know that? Sam Gardner. Yeah, he was. They gave him the name Sam Gardner because of his ability to till the soil. I bet like yourself. Mm-hmm. And he became <clears throat> mayor of the Shire. Did mayor he Gardner. Mayor Gardner. Done. Here he is. Sean Astin is here. Is he dumb? Look, he's, is on the, he? he's on our screen. He's on the TV screen. <laughs> two. No, wait. I was going to do. I was going to do bad maths there. I was going to say two thirds of the hobbits, but that's not right, is it? It's three fourths of the hobbits. Is that right? It's three quarters. It's all of the three hobbits, yeah. of us. Yeah. Right. He's not very good at math. Then I don't know if you know that about him, Sean. Oh God, Sean. I well, I just sorted. I just figured it out just now. Because I'm never good at math either, but three quarters I got. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm bad. I actually had to ask Billy the other day, what was the thing? Oh, I said, I've got 15 plants. I want to plant them in even numbers around my garden. How do I do the maths for that? So Billy had to help me out with that. That's how bad I am in maths. Because it has to be a well, whole number. I think number. you need 30. Well, you need 30. <laughs> and then you can have 15 and 15, which would give you a total <laughs> that would even round number. That would have been great. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be a whole number. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you can't, yeah. you can't yeah. have half a plant. So is it three? Did we hit upon the number of three? I think you had five groups of three, which that works. But he wanted four groups, and you can't have four groups into 15. Mm-hmm. No, not of, no, you can't. Anyway, right. Sean, this, anyway. Is, this is not going to work for the audio listeners, but there are a lot of people that watch this on video. Tell well, us. If they could see the inside of my mind with the math wheels turning, they might be slightly more entertained because it's a kaleidoscope. So uh, I want to buy you a plant to make it even, but Please. then Billy sorted it out where there's, it's evenly divisible by five. So Well, Sean, but by, I mean, yeah. of course buy me a plant. I mean, why wouldn't you buy me a plant? Just because we're pals, but you know. You probably wouldn't need to buy one because, you know, you've got plenty behind you. Yeah, there. where in the Amazon jungle do we find you, Sean? Yes, it's just home. You can hear the dogs now. Christine just got home, so all the dogs in the bark for a Hi, minute. But Christine. we're in the backyard. Nice. How many dogs? There's five. Ooh. Five dogs. We had, like, two, and then COVID hit. And so instead of, like, trying to get one of those online therapists, we just kept getting a dog every six months. Wow, That's Sean. Good so five yeah. dogs. How many daughters now? Seven, eight? <laughs> uh, it's three daughters yet. Yeah. The little one just turned 16 yesterday. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 16. Yeah. 16. I still picture Ali yeah. as being like three and a half, four. So Ali, yeah. for anyone listening and you don't know, Ali was the daughter that Sean... Um, had already when he started Lord of the Rings, and she was a big part of our life. adventure and life down in New Zealand. Um, she was always <clears throat> on set, and and she had birthday parties, and we were all part of that. Yeah. So, so how yeah. old was she? Was and she t- uh, I she was three when we went down there. Uh, oh. Celebrated fourth and fifth birthdays. Wow. Down there, you guys came. That we had that one party. We had the party the, in the bag. The at one point. Made, yeah, party in the bag. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. And then everybody drew. We still have. So we, we covered the inside of one of those easy up tents with uh, with brown paper, brown paper, and then everybody drew. We yeah. made drawings and their names and everything else. So we and we tore that and we have it in the garage. So oh, yeah. uh, if you ever need to see that, it. I think we can. 
we can try. Yeah, that's that's one of our keepsakes there. But um, but yeah. So, but she was seven when the final uh, premiere happened in New Zealand. So wow. it was uh, it was, yeah. She was a she was a benchmark to watch as we yeah as we went. And did she have sure. memory of it? Oh mate, you, you, it's um, when it comes time for all of us to do a photo shoot or something. Yeah, I don't. I think you might have caught, seen this at one point, but she, you know, over the years they'll have us do you know a reunion photo shoot for this magazine or that event or whatever. Um, and uh, when she comes to it, it takes her days to recover from it. Uh. She 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 cries. It's like she she doesn't she it. Like she, you know, she's a very intelligent. She went to Harvard. She's a very brilliant girl and everything, but she regresses back to that time. And she, uh, I don't know. It 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 is deeply emotional for her, much more so than me. I'm like, yeah, hi guys, you know. <laughs> she's very, <laughs> she's very emotional. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. became all no, of she our little, everything. Like we we were kind of surrogate babysitters and. Yeah, yeah. Like our little niece, you uncles. Know? Yeah. yeah, uncles. Yeah. Every time we went for dinner, because as a group we all went for dinner very often. You know, the four hobbits and Orlando, and you know, there was a core group that very often went for dinner. And Ali would consistently be running around the table, spending time with all of us and hanging out and drawing on our knee and all this kind of stuff. So it is. I mean, I'm sure it must be bizarre for you too, Sean. But it's very bizarre to think. Well, oh, yeah, I thought Ali of those as the pre-drinking um, hours. Right, Because, right. you know, <laughs> once, at a certain point, you know, she's young and we'd have to go to bed. And then the next morning, you guys would look different than you had the night before. <laughs> That's definitely so, true. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely, um, yeah, that was, that to me, that was one of the greatest things about being able to do it was to give her, uh, it was an incredible experience for all of us. But for something happens, you know, Billy, in your mind as a parent, you, you something changes in your brain, and you you, you see everything through their perspective. Mm. And I was having that experience down there, and um, so yeah, so she just to see her, and you were it. You you guys were the experience. Like yeah. I got to give her this experience, and the experience was you lot. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. So talking about that then. Uh, the experience and and seeing it through someone else's eyes and stuff. Can you? What is your first memory? Like, can you remember coming off the plane for the first time coming into New Zealand, or what is the first thing that you think? Oh yeah, I remember that. Like getting the script for the first time. What what was it? Uh, well, if we look at it like that, like the first memory of, of kind of landing, yeah. it was a little bit hazy on the airport and the transfer, but I do remember we didn't get to go straight to the hotel. I think we went straight to Stone Street. Who, who were you with when you said we had uh, to? Well, Christi well, uh, well, Christine and Ali were with me, but I mean, there were other... Were you not there? Were we not there together? No, I guess maybe no, you I guys came in with Orlando. Right. I don't. I was so look tired. him, look him, looking at I his remember. brain. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> work this out, thing. Sean. We're gonna get this. <laughs> um, I remember the the Urukai rubber suits at Stone Street Studios because right? everything was, you know, is an abandoned paint factory, and every hallway had some other thing that was, you know, the here's the miniatures and here's the this and. At a certain point, I remember thinking, I'm going to die from exhaustion. 
but they they the mentality they set coming off the airplane was you know you, no this is a work day mm. you know so we're gonna and Pete wants you to come to Stone Street straight away and he wants to visit you I remember seeing the pre visualization yeah. of of leaves. Right. They wanted to show. They brought us into this room, and they said, "Okay, we really want to show you what we're working on with the software." And we had just traveled like 15 hours, you know. And yeah. And I'm looking at it, and they're like, "And you can see this, and it's just leaves. It's just, <laughs> it's just leaves. <laughs> like, what are you?" God, I'm part of something spectacular. I mean, it's going to have great leaves. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but, but I also remember. Um, oh, do I even go there with it? The there was a um, the Urukai outfits. Yeah. The the rubber suits, the villain, you know, the, the the disgusting things that those poor guys had on for months at a time. Yeah. There was one that looked like uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh. Oh yeah, that's the, right. I mean, it was it was yeah. a. It was a dead, it was an absolute photo reel image of Harvey Weinstein on this villainous Urukai rubber suit, the mask or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No know if I was supposed to say anything. I did not at that point know about Miramax and how they had initially developed the film and the whatever issues they had with with uh, with that man who's uh, who's not doing well now but anyhow uh yeah so that's that's it that was my first you know that was the first memory and then going over to that um hotel across the street from the um uh, from the museum the tapapa museum yeah remember 10 points gorgeous, for anyone like, who remembers the that, hotel duxton oh well done 10 points yeah yeah it's your Ooh, up 10 for duxton 10 points yeah, I'm sorry, Sean. I know we I've been listening to, be... to the podcast, so I know how important points are. Oh, very oh, yeah. important. We're very competitive. Very competitive. Um, <laughs> I flew in with John Reese Davis, and I had the exact same thing as you, Sean. I remember thinking, okay, cool. We'll get to the hotel. I'm probably going to have the day off now, maybe the day off tomorrow, and then we'll start. And I got a phone call half an hour into that day, and they said, there's a car picking you up. And I just thought, there must be some mistake. You must know that I've just done a 32-hour flight. You're thinking about tomorrow. And they were like, no, you're going to come in, see Pete. He wants to give you a tour of the studio. And I think you're right, Sean. I think he had made a specific statement with all the actors. As soon as you hit the ground in New Zealand, you're mine and we are at work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't want you to, to develop that that uh, the relaxation right. mode. Right. You know, you're not, you're not coming to a spa. Right. You know, you're not, you're not going to have a bit of a tour and walk around the city and see how it feels. And like, nope, you're yeah. there. I also remember very clearly walking into that room with you guys with the swords laid out on the table. 
Right. Oh, right. When yeah. we were gonna do we were gonna do the sword train at that um that that barracks. It was that uh, I, I think it might have actually been a. Did they have a navy? Does it? Yeah, yeah. I think it New was Zealand a navy. navy barracks, it, it was, was a, a, like a submarine That's base right. or something. Yeah. yeah. But it was an army uh, army barracks. We were in an army barracks, and yeah. they you know from the sixties or seventies or something like that. And yeah. and we went in there, and we all we got to choose our our swords, and yeah. and then uh, Bob Anderson, the gorgeous, wonderful, brilliant. Yeah legendary uh sword master who taught errol flynn and who else did he teach? he did the star wars he Douglas did the, the uh, yeah. darth vader yeah yeah obi-wan yeah sword fight and, and princess yeah. bride he did that yeah and he was teaching us and we were good at it i thought we were very good at it well you and billy had like a routine didn't you yeah when you say we were good at it you mean we were good at it <laughs> me and you sean Elijah. I don't know if Elijah and Dom were that good. Elijah was too busy smoking cigarettes. I could never have a sword fight with him. He's always out smoking cigarettes. <laughs> when you pay for a job site, you should know what you're getting. Get Indeed and only pay for quality candidates that meet your must-have requirements. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview and hire. In fact, with Indeed... You can do all your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed knows how important that is to make the most of your recruiting hours and dollars. With Indeed, you can save time and money by setting your must-have qualifications and only paying for the quality candidates that meet them. Get started right now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com onion. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash onion. Indeed.com slash onion. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're like us, you're probably sick of scrolling through mindless programs that you don't even want to watch. Well, I tell you what me and Dom love. Wondrium. Fantastic streaming service that your brain will never get enough of. There's just so much to explore. We love it. Wondrium offers endless opportunities to learn something with thousands of hours of video and audio. Fascinating documentaries, helpful to-dos and uh, answers to every question that you've ever asked. If you're familiar with the Great Courses Plus, then you already know Wondrium. It's the same great service, only now it's bigger and better. You're going to love it. Some of the stuff I've been listening to lately and watching, mind-blowing science. That's where I get all my facts about black holes. Another fantastic one, great revolutions of modern history. I was looking at all the revolutions in France and Russia and United States as well. Great stuff. We know you love Wondrium, so we put together a special offer just for our listeners, a free month's trial of unlimited access. Just go to our special URL, wondrium.com slash onion. That's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash onion. Think of how much you'll learn in a month. Go to wondrium.com slash onion. 
what what was the what was the reason for that party that we ended up doing uh we did a sword fence for it was it the start of the that thing? was a kickoff party yeah, that was, was the, the kickoff the party so that was a party to say yeah. we're about to start filming sort yeah. of thing and they did the maori thing yeah, there right so. a little maori blessing there i think and and bob anderson specifically asked me and dom not me and Dom, me and Sean. Whatever. <laughs> to do, um, you know, to show everyone how amazing the sword because he was intimidated by Dom. Yeah, that's true, Sean, that's true. <laughs> do you guys remember, I'll tell you what a big one <laughs> was, was for me. He was approachable. Uh, I'll tell you what, a big one for me was the, do you remember the previs that Pete showed us at yeah. his house? So Pete has got this wonderful house on a bunch of different levels and there's a lot of nooks and crannies and corners in Pete's house and obviously... The house itself has been built with extensions and it's yeah. quite a strange shaped house. Yeah. Very kind of, you know, idiosyncratic. There's right. passages that lead places right. and, and stairways that go places you don't know. Right. Yeah, very, exactly. very, very kind of, you know, Pete Jackson centric. There's a lot of, like Sean said, doorways to places in corners of rooms. You're like, well, that makes no sense. But whatever. He brought over the four hobbits guaranteed, I think, Orlando as well at that point. We, the early boys mm-hmm. that were there. Ian, Ian was with Ian us. Ian was with us, and I'd never seen yeah, Pete's... Yeah, because I drove him home after. Oh, right, nice. I'd never seen Pete's yeah. cinema before, because it's hidden away behind a door. Yeah. You don't even think he's got a, a small kind of screening room. I'd never seen a personal screening room in garage. my life. It's Right. Oh, right, is it a converted garage? It's a garage. Wow. It's a, yeah. It's that makes sense now when you think about the geography of it. So, I can I can get the geography. Oh really? Pizza. It's one little door. You go in, yeah, and you turn immediately right, and there's a t- there's a couple of little steps, and then suddenly to your left, there's a big screen, maybe ten lazy boys. No, I, I remember the room, but I couldn't. If if How someone put there. me in the kitchen and said find that room, right. there's no way I would find it. It's close to the kitchen for sure. But I remember I'd never seen a personal screen room before. Didn't even know that Pete had one. Obviously, Pete's not going to say. Hey, I've got a personal screen room. Doesn't really matter. We go in. I thought he told us we were going to watch the previs. I wasn't really sure what previs was. I was just nodding along, going, "Oh, great, yeah, previs." Sat down. He had a popcorn making machine. Do you remember? Yeah. So we all had popcorn, and there was anything that you wanted to drink. I was at that point completely addicted to Bundaberg ginger beer. I was drinking like four or five a day. Had no idea there was like eighty <laughs> percent of your daily sugar needs in one bottle. And we sat down and we watched this. Made rel- you a bit gassy. Yeah, for sure. We watched this relatively clunky, <laughs> although although obviously very functional, previs, which is an animated, simplified version of what they're going to shoot with the actors, right? You're you're quite a you you know you're a Hollywood guy. You understand movies and all that, Sean. Is previs? Yeah, yeah. Is that a, a is that a name that meant something before then? Well, Sean was going to say animatic, right? Because I think they were calling it the animatic. Right, and they called it an animatic because what they did was storyboards, those uh, those wonderful drawings that they would do for an action sequences when you usually see them, uh, you know, where they'll, they'll draw, uh, you know, what the over-the-shoulder shot looks like, and then they draw an image, just a still, you know, sketch of, you know, a wide shot of Minas Tirith or something like that. Mm. And then they would literally film those storyboards kind of like ken burns you know mm. the ken burns effect mm-hmm. where the he's got a still image and the camera's going down mm. so you so you you're sort of you see a, a soldier in the civil war and then you kind of go close and you see that he's got a letter in his hand or something like that mm. so it's it's basically a moving uh image of the storyboards and then previs is the 
the uh, digital sequences, the mm. short digital sequences where they would have strange looking, uh, you know, a- anamorphic looking yeah. characters in a sword fight kind of yeah. floating or something like that. And then mm-hmm. they and then you'd see, you know, the Nazgul fly in yeah. and they, you'd actually animate that, you know. Yeah. Thing. So. So. Yeah. I, I remember watching that, and then I remember. I mean, it was so long. Oh, so. And they long. also had our. Um, they had. Um, they had our characters. Actors had read. Had read the voices for our characters. Right. That's right. Kiwi so, actors, and I remember yeah. thinking that the that the Samwise Gamgee voice was pretty good, and I was nervous. Right. You know. Was there a point? I'm sure. Know. I'm sure <laughs> we, we we don't want to go over rote rote things. The subjects and stuff, but we, we Billy and I have talked before about that moment where you realize, wow, this movie is huge. I had a moment, moment walking around Bag End. Was there a specific moment for you, Sean, where you thought you knew it was big, but you didn't know it was quite that big until that moment? Well, there was a succession of them. Hmm. The first, the first one was when I was at home in Los Angeles, and I'd gotten the part, and someone came over with the scripts with the the three screenplays right and when they set it on the table it made a loud thud sound mm-hmm. most scripts make a kind of a flap but this made a thud <laughs> and and you opened it up and it had a fake name it had a fake name oh my Jamboree. it's like there's a horse peeing in the back can you hear that no we can't hear a horse pissing yeah, in yeah, your I garden <laughs> <laughs> most most horses make up, but that natural. horse made a posh. <laughs> As a big horse. So there's jamboree. It said on the script. Right. That's right. And I was confused. I'm I'm easily confused. Billy can tell you. And and I, <laughs> uh, and then I realized that they were doing it so that if you were at a coffee shop or something and you read it, people would not see that it was Lord of the Rings. So Mm. I was a part of something that was so important it had to be kept a secret. Mm. And then I opened it up, and I don't know how many movies I'd done where there was watermarking on the screenplay where your name was there. Mm. So, But on every page, Sean Astin Mm. written big across the page, Mm. and uh, which is totally distracting. (laughs) Absolutely distracting. I I wish I could have gone back and... And uh, maybe put like Samwise or something right. different because I, every page you turn, instead of getting involved in the story and involved in the characters, I'm just reminded of how important I am. My name is big across the page. I still hate yeah. that. Uh, I hate the when mi- anyone does that. Right? Why? Because I, I always feel like somehow I'm going to like, it's going to get out because of me. Yeah. And then the page is going to be there <laughs> with my name watermarked yeah, all over it. I can prove it now. And people put it in the most stupid things now, don't they? Mm. Like, you get any pages for anything, mm, yet so there's your name all over it, and I just get visions of, yeah. you know, some leaked screenplay, and it's me. Have yeah. you written a screenplay, Billy? You must have written a screenplay. I have. I've written a fantastic one. I've written an, an Is there a part for Sean? Of course there's I a part for I sincerely hope so, for God's sake. I'm now going over it in my head to make sure there's a part for sure. <laughs> well, write one, damn it, man! I'll do whatever, whatever I'm told, I will do it. I no, will... but I, if you wrote it in one of those... Oh, go on. I'm going to watermark it and send it to you with Sean Astin all over it. I'll send you the, the screen. If you could do it today. by hand, that would be great. <laughs> Even better. If you could just by hand put my name in. It's like you're in trouble. You have to write my name 95 times. But uh, but you could just push a button 
it's one button. You click a button and then it spits out a thing with your name or somebody else's name. So I know with scripts that I've written, you feel all of a sudden very important that you can make uh, it. Uh, you can make you can make people obligated to you in some way by putting their name on it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> now we so we, sorry. Go on. No, sorry. We, we cut you off there. So so you Big got moments. the script. For one thing, how did he get the script? Did you get the script before you arrived? I got the script before I got on the plane. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the script till I got to Wellington. I that was a moment I really remember. I got off the flight with uh, Orlando. We sat in a car, and Janine, the producer's assistant, turned back to us and gave us a, a leather-bound folder with the Fellowship of the Ring in it. Right. And that is the first time I've seen this. I'm, I'm down in New Zealand and I, I haven't even seen this. Well, script. I got there quite late, so that might be the reason why I got it then. But I also remember emailing Pete Jackson and said, don't send the script to the Scotsman because Scottish people will leak information like that. If you do send it, make sure there's a watermark yeah. all over it. Yeah. Because uh, Sean probably it was, got Scotland it. Scotland is farther away than me. Well, yeah, maybe that's that. it. Maybe it's still on its way. But it could also have been because you were a Goonie and, and stuff. So yeah. you, you get special treatment, probably. Goonies do get absolutely special preferred treatment. For good reason. reason. Yeah, for, it's true. For good reason. I was, uh, you were the person that I was the most enamored to meet because so much of my rainy day uh, childhood moments were consumed with Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Dark Crystal, and The Goonies. It was just, it's just a magical mm. movie. Amazing. Um, mm. So I remember meeting you vividly, but we we all spent so much time together, Sean, making those films, especially the first film. But I would put a strong argument forward to say that possibly you, more than anyone else, maybe because you had a young daughter at home, were the most kind of hold, holding so much of the weight of the movie on your shoulders. Even someone like Elijah, who's significantly younger than, than you, seemed to be getting through his days with a lot less of the, the weight of the piece than you. Do, you. do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, the, the um, I mean, there's so, mu there's so much to unpack. First of all, I was fat, so I was definitely right. carrying the weight through the experience <laughs> of working on those movies. Plus you had that backpack. <laughs> Which is not a... Oh, on the backpack. Oh, my gosh. The backpack was... Yeah. I, you know, when I met Elijah at the Montmaison Sofitel Hotel right next to the Beverly Center, mm -hmm. you lived pretty close to there. Yeah, yeah um, I did. Dom, for a while. With your brother. And uh, we we went there to have a wig, a wig fitting with Peter Owen. And uh, I remember thinking how cool it was I get to wear a wig. And then also, why do I have to wear a wig? And uh, and Peter drawing this wonderful drawing of the silhouettes of the hobbits, you know, and, and why that you want their silhouettes to match with each other. And right. that guy's just incredibly brilliant. Yeah. Um, and when I met Elijah down in the lobby, we saw each other like from across the lobby, some star-crossed lovers moment. And we raced to each other and just embraced and held each other. And we were laughing and so excited. And then, you know, I was 29 and he was 19. Mm. And I pulled him away from my my body I had my hands on his shoulders and I said are you ready for this you know kind of self-important mm -hmm. you know are you ready like I know I'm a wise old man at 29 <laughs> or are you ready for this young one and then we spent two years with him proving how much more ready he was for <laughs> <it>. <laughs> here's a service you should use 
if you use the internet, ExpressVPN. I know most of you are thinking, well, I don't need to. I'll just put it on incognito mode. Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use. And in the US, internet service providers are legally allowed to sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers. That will keep all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, we don't even know that it's switched on. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TVs. So there's no excuse for you to not use it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN that was rated number one by CNET. Visit our exclusive link expressvpn.com onion and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash onion. ExpressVPN dot com slash onion to learn more. No matter how you feel about getting back out there, there's no denying it's an adjustment. And when the world gets too loud, something that I like to do is I pop in my Raycon wireless earbuds. They are brilliant. Sometimes you just need some upbeat music, you know, to pump up your day a little bit. Or maybe even stay calm with a guided meditation. I was on my first flight for quite some time the other day there, and I just popped in my Raycon wireless earbuds, and it was nice to hear some of my old playlists again. Of course you can always use it to listen to podcasts. Say, for instance, me and Dom, right in your ear. Fantastic. They come with a bunch of gel tips for your comfort so they'll fit like no other earbuds and they don't stick out your ears like others. Raycon have a 32-hour battery life so you can listen to whatever you want, when you want, for a really long time. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash onion. That's buyraycon.com slash onion to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash onion. You know, there were financial things that were burdening my brain the, the, during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We had bought, you know, things you wouldn't even think about affect people's life, but but if I, if you, I put the layers on top of it now 20 years later, you know, and try and think because I definitely did I definitely my experience was a much harder um more laden it was a more laden experience Mm. I think that it wasn't harder we all didn't sleep the same and we all had you know little things little injuries here and there and Mm. but for some reason I definitely carried it um I I remember there were all these moments leading in where I was hoping. Did you, so, the, have you talked about the Bakshi version, the Ralph Bakshi version of uh, Lord bit. of the Rings from the 1970s? Yeah, here and there. The the, the tele, yeah, the television version. For, first of all, it is, it was absolutely ahead of its time with some of the 
I think they call it rotoscoping. Some of what they mm. did with the ring wraiths and, yeah. and mm. some of the sound design was really, really forward thinking. But it was mostly terrible. Mm. It was mostly really, really, really awful. And the Hobbits, there's like readings. Of, if you read the Lord of the Rings, right? Like the Hobbits are these bumbling, bursting into tears, terrified, hiding behind things. Like you could actually have Hobbits that were, that are, if you depicted them in a movie the way they're written, it wouldn't be credible that they're heroic later at the end. Right, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's yeah. like in in literature you can you can enjoy that they're like, oh, the hobbits are bursting into tears. Yeah. But in the in the Bakshi version, they're really plump, all of them. Yeah. And they're oh, Mister Frodo, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Oh, Mister Frodo, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, Mister Frodo. And you're like, I remember going to Pete and saying like. Do we have to do it like that? Like, I really don't want to do it like that. And so I feel, and he was like, no, no, we don't, we don't have to do it like that. But I definitely felt like through the whole movie, I was always afraid that something was going to be, that it wasn't going to be right, that it would, mm. would end up looking, we'd end up looking too silly in the wrong ways. Like you, you guys, thank God for you guys, right? You found, you made humor in the way that the hobbits are intended to have humor. If it was just up to me, I was like serious all the time, which is funny when juxtaposed against something else. But if it was just that all the time, it would be boring. And well, I you know, wonder if some of that boring, is. So. I wonder if some of that is Sam, though, right, Sean? I mean, Sam is kind of laden with the responsibility of keeping Frodo around, and he has to be the serious one who says to Gandalf and the rest of the Fellowship of the Ring, "I will take care of him. I am his steward." You have to be the responsible one. I wonder how much of that is Sam coming into your world, you know? I uh I I don't know where one where I, I yeah I don't know where I stop and he starts in that in that sense. Right. I remember like I played at that as an idea. Right. Right? Like I remember one night we were at the pub early 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 in the shooting. Like even before shooting during rehearsals and Elijah uh locked his keys in his in his flat. Right. And I was like I'll take care of it. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I sorted out a locksmith and went in there and got it. And I remember coming in and you guys were all sitting with a drink and he looked like he was 35 years old, the way he carried his cigarette and his drink. And I'm like trying to get my head around that. This 19 year old kid. And, uh, and I bring him his key and he's like, Oh, thank you so much. Like exactly as Frodo would. Like he would just expect that. <laughs> That's how that would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Cause I remember, I remember the day that, that Barry Osborne and Pete came, well, Barry Osborne was there. Sorry. Pete Jackson was there all the time, but Barry Osborne came to set, I think the first day when we did the under the wooded log moment and they had said to the four of us, Hey guys, if you could just wait behind when we wrap, cause we want to talk to you about something. And me in my own sense of naivety was just like, Oh, whatever. They're going to say, we're so stoked. You guys are with us day one. We're so excited for this thing. We'll have a little, whatever, glass of champagne, a little huddle, whatever. Billy didn't seem to be in any way tweaked. Elijah didn't. Yeah. And you immediately, Sean, got the four of us in a huddle and said, what do you think that is about? And I thought, nothing. Mm -hmm. And you said, it's, it's something, it's something. And I thought, <laughs> the, no, no, yeah, Sean's way off. That. And he was bang on. Something had happened. But you, you I think that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. You have the no, like, we'd, we'd all been in indie movies and stuff but you'd been in big movies before that you know and you've you've grown up in that world and i remember that because i just thought 
I didn't even think anything. No, they want to they say, well done. They just want to say, I, I, I don't know, they're going to do another costume call tomorrow or something. Mm. I don't know. But you grabbed us and said, they've seen the rushes. Yeah. They hate it. Someone's getting fired. I think you might have said <laughs> someone's getting fired. Well, they couldn't, they couldn't, have, they couldn't have seen the rushes yet because it was the first thing we ever did. Actually, what they could it? have seen... We, we, remember they did the wardrobe uh, yeah, test with test. us. Yes. They took us out in the parking lot and yeah. they created tape yeah. on the ground and they were like, just wander around yeah. in character. Yeah. That's right. The most awkward thing ever, right? And so we, <laughs> we, we had, we, and thank God, I was so happy that Sam was stoic because I didn't have to do anything. Right. But I, but I, I watched you guys trying to, you know, just right, figure right. out what the <laughs> fuck to do and the like. What the, so, but they had said that and they, they had seen it and they liked it and they had approved the wardrobe. So I wasn't worried about. The, that, but then, but when they, do you remember when they took us to a special place? Yeah, I, do. I don't even know where the place was. Me and either. They they opened the door and it was a big empty room mm. with four chairs yeah. set in it. Take a seat, like a firing squad. <laughs> and, the, and and we, we we walked in and we sat down and I just remember being like, oh man, this is not good. Yeah. And they came and it was Tim who told. It wasn't it. It was Tim. That's Tim right. was the, the one New who Zealand told us, I think, yeah, yeah. That, that it, yeah. And it was really horrible, horribly sad. Um, so just our, for anyone listening, yeah, for anyone listening or watching, what we're talking about here is, is the fact that Stuart Townsend, who was for a while going to be playing Aragorn, had at that point left the project and they told the four hobbits who were on their first day and the first day at work, none of us knew what was going on. Sean almost knew before yeah, it had happened yeah. what was going on. So I wonder if you were carrying that Sean well, the, all the, the time, I, you know? I absolutely was 1000% carrying mm. it with me until the last day. Mm. You know you can be replaced because they can just go in and just do the face shots and put the face of whoever they want of any new person over the body that you've been moving around for 2 years mm. in the in the thing. You basically the body double that they can put the face on and your voice. Uh I, yeah, I was absolutely aware of that the whole time, but but the thing was, you know, in a way they they knew it was going to hurt us because another one of the big things that made it uh, that you knew it was going to be massive was that we had six weeks of preparation. Yeah, yeah. That's never that never that just doesn't happen. Uh -huh. And for six weeks, we got to become really good friends with Stuart. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you could see he's the only one who wore it harder than me for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's he he was not sure. he he couldn't he couldn't get his uh, his spirit around how hard it was going to be to do it and and. Um, and and that that was another one. There were there were a lot of things with that movie, for all of us, I think, right? That they were they you just had to. There was like a loss of innocence or something, mm -hmm. or, or or just the the heaviness of big decision making, you know, and and consequential decision making, consequential for all the different people they were hiring to do all the different jobs, mm -hmm. consequential for. You know everyone's the uh, the economics of everyone's lives a little bit, mm. which that's the other thing I said it at the beginning. Like the economics weighed on me as much as that, and being fat, literally physical. I had run the LA Marathon like mm. three months before filming, and I was I was 135 pounds and skinny. Mm. Mm. I mean, like real skinny. Mm. And then I wanted to get that job, so I got fat. Mm. There's no time in the next two years I can't. Like I have to be fat, mm. and if you don't see yourself, I remember looking in the mirror in the makeup bus, and like, who is this fat fuck looking at me? And I can't see the real me <laughs> and, anymore. And who was it? You know, like, <laughs> like I can't, I can't see me. 
<laughs> well, let me ask you, what was what was that fat diet? Because I'm sure there's a lot of actors out there that might have to put on weight quite quickly. What was your diet? Was it ice cream and chocolate? What did you do? What didn't you do? Okay, do you remember Jeremy Woodhead? I remember that Jeremy name. Jeremy Woodhead was was the uh, was makeup artist. Yeah. He was my makeup oh, artist. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, it's one of the only male makeup artists. Yeah. Yeah, I do yeah, remember yeah. that. And then yeah. and then. Yeah, and, and 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 Ian McKellen stole him from me. That's how I experienced <laughs> it. He was so as, good. as a thief. Was, <laughs> that that benighted English legend stole my the makeup artist I like so much. But um, we went to play tennis at the there's a tennis center like an athletic center in right. Wellington, and uh, we were we were going on five or six different times. It was it had become, you know, I was getting in shape. Right. I was really enjoying it. They were sweating and and that the, you know, and and. Uh, but I think it's uh, there. Someone took a picture and put it in the in the newspapers on the cover of the newspaper. Mm. It was national news in New Zealand that I was like kind of a star sighting. Mm. Right. But with yeah. Lord of the Rings, like they they'd hidden us away from cameras and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it said that I was coming out of the tennis center. And P PJ had this look when I walked in the next day and I was like, oh, no, mm. I'm like in trouble for working out. And uh and he said uh, he showed he had the he had it he showed it to me and I was like, you know, busted. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And he said, more lollies for Mr. Aston, please. <laughs> you know, he was he was like, and they had those gummy, horrible candies that yeah. uh, were were definitely clog your arteries after just a small handful of them. Yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, the trick was in weightlifting for like a month before coming to New Zealand. And then stopping weightlifting and continuing to eat. That's, mm. Okay. So your body thinks it's, mm. yeah. You wouldn't know. You two don't know. You drink all you want. You don't put on an ounce. It's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there, Sean. We are getting there. Just to go back to what we talked about earlier on about all of us being exhausted and tired. I have this very vivid memory, and I wonder if either one of you can geographically place this for me. We were on location. I think that... Sean and Elijah had just started to do some climbing of Mount Mordor. Not sure what you and I were doing specifically, but we were working. And we got a message, probably from Elijah, who was with Sean, that they were finishing a very long day coming back to the hotel that we were staying at at like nine-ish. And that they'd broken you guys' turnaround and you guys had to be back on set at something like being picked up at five in the morning and elijah said to us can you and billy are you and billy around just to grab a quick dinner because sean and i are both exhausted and we said yeah we were in the bar having a drink elijah showed up before sean i don't know what sean was doing elijah kind of came over to the table still covered in mud from the day not really got all of his makeup off and he was like oh, i'm just gonna order a quick dinner and we'll sit and we said yeah and then Sean came over and you kind of collapsed almost onto the table, put your arms down on the table. And we're just like, oh, I can't believe this is, it was something like the seventh or eighth day in a row that they'd broken right. yeah, their totally. turnaround. And you ordered food and the two of you ate with us for probably 45 minutes and then you immediately crashed and were up the next day. Do you guys remember where that was or do you have that memory? No? no? Sounds like every day. Could yeah, have been every day. Yeah. I just remember Sean coming over and, and his whole 
his head and shoulders and, and chest just collapsing on the table, kind of half laughing, half crying, and then looked up at us and just said, I, I can't believe they're breaking our turnaround again. Well, you talk, you keep saying break your turnaround. There was no such thing. Right, that's, yeah, true. that's true. Yeah, that's true. It was because not, of the not a union. And the- yeah. Well, we should explain that. Let's explain no, that I to do- people listening. So you guys know that my mother, Patty Duke, yeah. my late mother, was uh, president of the Screen Actors Guild in the mid-1980s. Right. So the union, uh, and there are different unions in different countries. Um, I say to you guys because I don't really know that much about um, I worked under a SAC contract in England but anyhow so um, certain rules are established guidelines like you have to have um, 12 hours between the time you wrap and the time you co- you're called back for the next day or sometimes okay. it's 10 hours or something like that um, and it's it's a rule and if they break the rule then they have to pay uh, 900 bucks or something like that right. so usually as an actor you're hoping they break your turnaround because you really want that extra 900 bucks right. but um but when we got to New Zealand, it was not in a union space. It was not a union project. So uh, the, really, you guys know, like our quote unquote turnaround was just based on what they thought we could handle. Mm. Right. Like you had that you <laughs> get to make the ears, the Hobbit ears and the Hobbit wig and the Hobbit feet off. And that all took probably an hour, a little over an hour at nighttime to get all the alcohol yeah. on, yeah. you know, because it lets the glue loose and everything. And most of the time, not most of them, but a lot of the time wouldn't even get all the glue off just like you know what I'll, i'd rather yeah. i'd rather have an extra half hour of sleep yeah. than get all the glue off that you're just going to reapply in another 10 hours nine hours so but a lot of times I, you know you and then we'd have to come in early stand on a box and have our feet done mm. at you know 4 35 5 30 in the morning something like that yeah. so you know you come in at say five and you work until it gets dark at six six thirty and then you finally leave by seven Get home, get something to eat, turn around, go back right away again. It was not, it was, it was hard. Mm. It was, yeah. it was really, yeah. really, really, really hard. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. but uh, I mean, it also, you, you realize what you're capable of. Mm. Mm. You know. Yeah. You realize the value of the sacrifices that people have made to help get rules like that put in place. But you also realize, like, I can actually tolerate a lot more. The the one thing that really was amazing to me about um, our experience was the crew. The crew was indefatigable. I mean, they they yeah. literally would work, you know, 15, 16, 17 hours and come right back. And they were always ready to go, happy, fired up. You know, maybe in the two years we were there, one time I saw them decide that they collectively weren't happy. Mm. And they wanted to uh, talk to the producers about it. And they got a, a bump or something like that. But um but yeah, you know, it's it's amazing to um I mean, people think of acting, it's not that hard, right? Like it's 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 not like digging ditches or something mm-hmm. or, you know, f- real manual labor where people work harder than that. But it it is. It is hard. And it the the ment- you know, you have to be kind of ready all day long, ready mm-hmm. to, you know, at any given moment to do to do your thing, to have your memory tested and to be able to you know, do what someone else is telling you to do. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things, not acting, is uh, that I don't have to do what other people tell me to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except Billy. When Billy tells me to do something, then oh, I'll yeah, do he's it. the boss. <laughs> when we had Elijah on, we we got into a a big music conversation, which concluded with us talking about was there a specific album or a specific song that kind of summed up New Zealand for you? Was there any particular song or music or something like that that you thought well that that is my new zealand experience in an album well when i was 15 
I did a movie, uh, a whitewater rafting movie. I don't know if we ever talked about. I don't think we ever talked about this uh, with Kevin Bacon. Hmm. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the whitewater rafting movie with David Strathairn and Meryl Streep. That was his other whitewater rafting movie. Ours was the one you haven't heard about. And uh, we we kept going around to different. We went to Canada a couple times. We went up to the Sierra Nevadas because they were trying to get this whitewater rafting se- uh, canoeing sequence to look spectacular. So they finally figured out down on the Kuara River in the South Island in Queenstown would be where we could shoot it. So, and I was 15. Well, we flew to Auckland and I had, cause I was underage. I had a, 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 a friend, a guardian, mm-hmm. Joseph Giuseppe Pepe Passarelli with this big Italian mustache, like Mario mustache. Uh, <coughs> and we, we drove the full length of the island together and we only had one cassette tape and the cassette tape was billy joel's greatest hits (laughs) so i think i I don't know i might have come with the rental car (laughs) but i literally uh i mean to me i don't know okay so for lord of the rings it's probably something different but when i think of new zealand and and and, you know any time throughout the when we were trying to remember, because we were remembering what everyone played in our makeup trailers, and we, I couldn't remember what music you were playing, and Dom did think it was Billy Joel. Yeah, I said Billy Joel's greatest hit. I think I actually said <laughs> so greatest maybe hits you as did, well. Maybe you did play it. Yeah. The, of, of all of the music that Elijah played for us, the hundreds of hours of music that Elijah played for us, there's one song that hit me the most that I that I when I'm running if I if it's in my playlist when I'm running I will immediately go back to that it's um it's it's called Driftwood oh Travis, by Travis wow who, yeah yeah so yeah. that album yeah. that album was the thing that defined New Zealand for me between Billy Elijah and myself we became very territorial over the stereo and I think there were times where you said well let me have a go let me have a go and I seem to remember the time where we said, okay, Sean, you can go. It was Billy Joel's greatest hits. And I love Uptown Girl, <laughs> Piano Man. Come on. And do you remember Christopher well, I, Lee putting on some music? Was it metal? Yeah, but with him speaking Ooh, over no, the yeah, top. He's had, had a few metal albums, Christopher yeah, Lee. I was, I was shocked when he put that on. Amazing. I remember that I rapped on the same day as Christopher Lee. And oh, he, I thought you meant rapped like, Oh no, like Eminem rap. Yeah. No, I put a W in front of it. All right, I never heard that. And I thought I, I saw him outside in the in the wizard cloak just doing, you know, just Yeah. He could have done it. He could have done it, Christopher <laughs> Lee. He could do anything that man. But do you do you, uh, you guys would have been there cuz I think there's footage of you guys in the audience and us just listening to him, but Christopher Lee was incredibly incredibly moved yeah. by his experience and also moved by the fact that he had rapped and he says this very earnest, very heartfelt thing of, you know, you guys have created magic and, you know, you guys are all legends and this will be remembered forever. And I'm, I, I remember thinking at the time, if this was anyone else, you'd kind of dismiss it. Mm. But Christopher Lee with his voice, you're just kind of like, wow, maybe he's onto something here, you know, extraordinary man. Well, he's in his, I mean, he met Tolkien. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he read he, it every he was, year. Yeah, he, and he was, uh, I think, I think he was some sort of a spy or something in the Second World War. Hmm. Um, he had some some relationship to the war and yeah. and to that that made it more special to him because I think he was writing Tolkien was writing it during the war and sending chapters to his son Christopher in in, in Europe or something like in in 
the mainland. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I think I might be getting this wrong, but I think uh, Christopher Lee was in the SAS and was working behind enemy lines in the Second World War. And a, one of my, certainly my favorite story about Christopher Lee's, and I think Elijah's as well, was Elijah and I were with him on location somewhere outside. And he, and he said, we were just chatting about something, and he, and he said, watch this. And he took a Bic pen and threw it into a tree. And it stuck in the tree like a knife. Wow. And I remember thinking, if that was a knife, <laughs> that's... He's that, turned tree, a, that tree would be a goner. Yeah, he turned a pen into a deadly weapon. So he was quite an intimidating to, man, uh, wasn't he, Christopher Lee? Amazing. Uh, he took me under his wing a lot, and we, we smoked cigars together. Nice. Yeah. And uh, he, he... Yeah, and we were, we were in France at one point, and he took me along the Champs Elysees. There was some sort of a gentleman's club, mm. not like that. Oh, no, okay. mm-hmm. like no, not like that. Mm. Like a place where gentlemen would go. It's like a, a way station mm-hmm. in your day when you're doing Paris mm. to to be among you know uh, like-minded fellows. You know, d- deep mahogany paneling mm-hmm. and um, smoke. You know, and he talked about. We went on the on the balcony and overlooked the Champs-Élysées and he talked about soldiers marching and, but anyhow, yeah, he was, he was, um, he's a legend. Yeah. I sure. was in, I, whenever I got picked up in the morning, very often with you, mm-hmm. I think they would pick you up first, generally me second. And on this particular pickup, there was a little note on my call sheet that said, you will be picked up second. And I thought, not sure why they've told me that. And it was an early start for me, five, five past mm-hmm. five, something like that. So the person being picked up before me would have been picked up at 4.35 or something like that. As I got into the back seat, Christopher Lee was in the front seat on his first day. I'd never met him before. Ooh. I got in, noisy little, you know, early 20-year-old boy. I said, oh, good, good morning, Christopher. How, how's it going? My name's Dominic. And he turned around and said, I have never been picked up so early for work in my entire career. <laughs> and I just sat back, just sunk into the chair. And thought, no more from me for the next half an hour. I'll keep my mouth shut. Yeah, he was a fantastic guy. I now, obviously, it. Sean, we've, we've, we've gone over, or you've gone over uh, with us and also individually, so many of these rote subjects. What was it like to work with Elijah? What's Pete Jackson like? What was your first impression of the film? All that kind of stuff. Are there still things that you would like to be asked about with Lord of the Rings? Still things that need to be mined? Still things that you have to say? Or at this point, are you like, well, I think most of it's been said. You know, it just depends on how people interact with you. You know, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know that I've got a deep well of information that I, that like, that if, you know, after 5,000 Comic-Con appearances and <laughs> whatever, that I'm like, wait, there's this one thing I haven't been able to get to, but but uh, but to me it's endlessly. You know, my father. Um, you guys never met my dad, I don't think. John Aston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was Gomez in the original Adams family, and he he um, he taught me as a very young person that you know people are not pieces on a chessboard, and you you know as much as I, I like strategy and tactics with you know in business kind of things or whatever, but on a human level, people are people are human beings are human beings and and every human interaction is sacred that's what he always said to mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. so when i when i meet people depending on who they are what's interesting to them you know i try i usually will begin an answer of something that we've talked about so much and then 
try and make it about them a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and then, and you, you'll, it is amazing though, when certain little, I heard you, you say Easter eggs sometimes, mm -hmm. Dom, I hear you say, mm -hmm. talk about Easter eggs, I, a little, a little deep in the recess of mind, something will pop up that will remind you, yeah. you know, of, oh, right, my, that's right, the smell of those sulfur things mm -hmm. that we, you know, those, those sulfur beds, I hadn't, I hadn't, and you can smell them as soon as you think about it, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I always think about our helicopter rides. You, I, I should give you permission to mock me. You know, it's in your setting. It's, uh, <laughs> it's only fair. No, you're uh, our guest. Because of you're my, our guest. Well, I wonder if, if over time, now that we're all in our – are you 50 yet, Dom? No, I'm 44, but we're getting there. Come on. <laughs> 40, 40 Come on! I know Billy's like fifty six at this point, but anyhow, <laughs> at this point, now that you've known people, like the older you get, like my father's mm. ninety one, and we talk a lot about how yeah. everyone he knew his whole life is gone. All of his friends, uh, all the really? most of the people he worked yeah. with, you know, like right. there's when you, you just it's like that. So now we know people who've who've died in in accidents and you know whatever. Are you any more, even a little bit, sympathetic to my paranoia? Because <laughs> I existed in a state of extreme paranoia for most of the most of the shoot. No, of course, of course, I'm sure. Well, I'm, I think Billy was much more empathetic at the time. I I am much more now. I think you know you obviously mature and grow up. I think a lot of that with you came from the fact that you were a young father and none of us had children at that point. So you're probably much more aware of the mortality of people with you being a father and what's at stake for you. There was nothing at stake for me. You know, I was 23. The naivety of me coming into those films in a lot of ways saved me because I had to adopt this very carefree, silly, fly by the seat of your pants, ready to improvise, ready to joke and laugh with Billy attitude. And I think in a lot of ways, you had to adopt the, right, 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 everyone stop messing around. I'm Sam. I'm trying to get this person safe. You're just being loud and noisy over there. That's, you know, kind of what you represented as a hobbit. You but know? do you remember, do you remember, okay, so you did Lost. I, I'm, you must have gone up in helicopters when you were doing yeah, that series. Yeah, often, yeah. And, 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 and did you study how they communicate, the pilots? Sure. But I don't think Billy. Have you done a lot of helicopter flying? I sort yeah, of figured, I, I, sort I like of to. No. I like to get up in a helicopter once a week at least. <laughs> As my my son said to me when he was very young, he says, "I reckon I could fly a helicopter. I don't know if I could land it. <laughs> wow, I could fly it. <laughs> Love to see that. That would be great. I don't know why he said that. Uh, he was about six well, years old. Well, he's being honest. Yeah. Right. But as a father, you have to teach him. Yeah. You have to teach him how to land. When you teach him how to ride a bicycle, you have to show him how to stop first. Right. right. <laughs> but they, when we were shooting, when we were filming, I'm probably not going to be able to adjudicate this moment in this setting, but because it's you guys. So they tell us at any moment, the weather can change. We filmed at the tops of all these great. Yeah for the listener, right? At the tops of these great mountain peaks that were, that was the most extraordinary thing. This being places where, you know, no other human being has ever been mm. in the history of the, the, you know, so, uh, but it could change. So they had, they had sat a, um, you know, one of those big things that they have like in construction Dinosaur. sites, uh, like a, a wheel. Say again. A wheel. 
<laughs> not a whale. <laughs> Again, a whale. it's a good guess. It was it's a like big an thing. office, like one of those portable offices, one yeah. of those portable. portable Okay, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and they and they'd thrown in there a bunch of uh, meal ready to eat type of things that the military has, and yes. a Bunsen burner, and some you know uh, sleeping bags, and you know, and there's probably thirty of us up there, and they're like, you know, if we have to evacuate and we can't evacuate quickly enough, right. you're going to have to stay huddled together until the weather passes, which can be days right yeah. this is what they told us yeah. they yeah. they had to pre-position <laughs> stuff at the top of the mountain and one assume I, they didn't do this for their health right they were doing it as an emergency scenario yeah. so so then at a certain point the the people with the walkie-talkies started looking very concerned and saying the helicopters are coming in we're gonna we're gonna stop for the day and we had just started yeah so we were evacuating the mountain. <laughs> yeah. And you lot, you and Elijah, you two and Elijah thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so they were they were putting the helicopter skid on the edge of a rock. The other skid floating. Right? Floating. <laughs> like if they would have turned the power, it would have dropped. So it's floating there so that we can get in. And we climb in, and you guys are laughing and laughing. Now, they had at least two, I think three helicopters. Okay. <laughs> look, at, look at Billy. I don't know if the audience There's a lot of this. this a lot of this is great. <laughs> so they're, 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 there's no – we're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere. It took an hour and a half to drive there in a vehicle, and the – these helicopters come in so now they're not taking us back to the place where the helicopters like were to, would take off from the airport the heliport or whatever where are Instead, they, they took us, us right to the bottom of the mountain the bottom of the mountain and drop us off and go right back up to the top of the mountain because i had to get people off before the, the thing would come in look how and the look on the pilot's face was very concerned <laughs> this, is, this, is lived, this has lived in you for a long time. Yeah, get it out, Sean. Sean get it out. You need to get this story out. Come on. So, yes, the answer, Tom, the answer is yes. I had to get this out. Yes, there was one thing I had to get out. So, we, so we're getting to, the three of you guys are chattering away on the thing. Now, there's no, like, air traffic control tower, okay? There's no, there's just what they call VRF, visual flight, what is it, VFR, visual flight rules, okay? And the clouds are coming in, and you guys are jawjacking, and now, if you've, now, you've been, <laughs> now if you have been in a helicopter since then, um, you know that the pilot can push his button yeah. and the sound of you guys talking gets a little bit lower yeah. so that he can talk to the other pilot. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> is that, is that, is that done? 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 <laughs> I don't know. So it's all, it was all about that button that the, the pilot but, presses. But, well, what the, what the button does is it mutes the passengers. Right. But it doesn't mute you. It just lowers your volume a little bit. But you compensated. <laughs> the three of you. <laughs> right, Sean. You compensated no, Sean. for the... 
There's a lot to get into <laughs> there. There's this. a lot. Let's unpack. Let's go back to the start where they built a thing for us to like be put in with Bunsen burners. With a with a Bunsen burner. That was the thing. So I had sleeping bags and a Bunsen burner. Oh goodness me! Yeah, because you have to cook the stuff in the packets when On you a Bunsen burner. You're not thinking maybe a, ga- a little miniature gas stove as opposed to a... Bu- what a are you Bunsen cooking bur- on a Bunsen like burger? That you were getting science at school yeah. in your class. That little Bunsen that burner. tiny flame. <laughs> you mean a little mini gas stove, Sean, maybe? Maybe not a Bunsen yeah, burner. Yeah, you think there's something the from... Burner. No, no, that's the thing I'm from science right. class. So hopefully in this, in, this, in this conversation, hopefully we've each learned something. But We're definitely I've learning, learning things, Sean. Go on, Bills. I've learned that you've kept <laughs> I, that I story would... deep, oh, deep God, in that's, your that's, psyche. That's been like a little black butterfly flying around <laughs> your stomach. But you have to remember, Sean, that um, that that need for safety wasn't just at the top of mountains. I remember we were in a, I think it was a rugby game. Me and you had gone to see a rugby game for some reason. <laughs> it was and the I, Blood is Low Cup. Was it? Do you remember that? It was me. Very well. Me and you were sitting in the stadium watching a rugby game, and all of a sudden he went quiet. It's not and, like Sean. And I said, Sean, are you <laughs> are you working out emergency exits for us if something happens? And he was like, Yeah. <laughs> and he was sitting working out if if there was a bomb over there, I can get out this way. If there was if if a if a monsoon well. came in. He was working all out in his head. It was brilliant, and I could see Not the cops. all of us grew up with hooliganism and the instinct <laughs> on how to flee. Some of us have to train for it. My my vague recollection of that day, and you're right, Sean, to be careful and try and keep us safe and all that kind of stuff, but my vague recollection of that day was, yeah, we were brought down to a kind of halfway house, and myself and Billy and Elijah were throwing stones and then trying to have the second stone hit the stone that we threw. Do you remember that? We were just Kingdom. killing yeah, time. Yeah. So you'd throw a big stone and then we were trying to throw the next stone and we were goofing around waiting and it was cold and we were waiting for a helicopter coming in and then we all became, the three of us, became distracted by Sean who'd stepped away from the That's group, right. not throwing stones, doing this to helicopters bringing people no, I in. Wasn't telling and, no, 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 okay, no, okay, no. let's back this up. Wait a minute, Sean, that's no, my no. memory as well. <laughs> and in one hand, you no, had you, a Bunsen burner. <laughs> and a sleeping bag, you were waving around. With the, other. the other one had the, the paddle <laughs> from ping pong, table tennis paddle. <laughs> you weren't directing helicopters, mo- Sean. It, there's you're most, you're, you're largely correct, okay. but substan- there's a substantial difference. Right. All I was doing was pointing to the <laughs> pilot <laughs> that I could <laughs> oh my God, that, I could see, that I could see the pilot behind him. And you know what the pilot <laughs> yeah, So you were letting the first pilot know that you could see the second pilot? For yeah, what that's reason? exactly right. Oh, for what reason? So that he didn't back up into him. In case <laughs> he didn't back up into him. <laughs> well, can, a, can a helicopter go in reverse? <laughs> they can pick up and do this very quickly. Have you but, never played a video game? But Sean, do you not think 
that both of those helicopter pilots might have been in cahoots with each other on a radio that you might not have needed to tell that helicopter pilot number one that his mate is behind him. They're chatting. They're chatting. That's why we were laughing at you. Because we were going, what are you doing, Sean? You go, I'm telling him you. that laughing he sees him. You, Sean. <laughs> and then I do remember us getting uh, in the I helicopter. Go on, go on. Go on, Sean. I remember the the pilots. The, I got some feedback from my act, my activity, my action there. Yeah. I got a thumbs up from the pilot. Like oh, this. lovely stuff! Lovely stuff. That's I great. got a thumbs up. See? A little yeah. ten four good Which buddy. Which could have been Did to you play. You got a thumbs up, didn't you? But, no, because he didn't help him find anything. <laughs> right. So hold <laughs> on. Moving on from <laughs> well, this. Well, then I remember being, uh, the four of us being in the helicopter and us chatting, and I remember one moment of Sean kind of giving us a bit of a, a, a stern really? earful, yeah. you know, something like, guys, be quiet! Oh. And Elijah kind of went, ooh, ooh we're in yeah, trouble. Quiet, right? I do remember that yeah, moment, yeah, Sean. Yeah. But you know what you said? What? Uh, very, very clearly, and you know what you said? What? Don't you think that the pilot and his mate are in communication with each other? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said, they're trying! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, that was good, wasn't it? That was great. Wasn't that lovely talking to Sean? I was in hysterics when he was talking about the helicopter thing. Yeah, he's funny. He's a, he's a very funny man, actually. Yeah, he is. Goofy. He, um, Goofy. Yeah, I really like him. He's one of the good ones. He's yeah. a good human being. His heart has always been in the right place. And in that situation with the helicopter, all he's trying to do is earnestly keep us safe. Yeah. And the three of us, I think, are in a headspace of... Psh, Come on, we're having fun. And he's like, no, this is a serious situation. Actually, could all go, yeah, so, could go you know, wrong. So It's important at times to look at people's uh, point of view. But it's great. It's great hearing the stories. I really like them. Yeah, it Good. Was, that was really great. The but lovely show. There was too much time. for one show. So we'll, we'll cut it there. We'll see him again next week. Yeah. Along with everybody else who's listening or watching. That's true. We talked about so much and it went on for so long and we had so much fun that there's just a little bit too much for one episode. So... Part one this week, part two next week. Let us know if you're enjoying it. Rate, review, and subscribe to The Friendship Onion, where you get your podcasts, and on our YouTube channel, and on our Spotify playlist. There has been a few comments about problems finding our Spotify playlist. That's because lots of people have created their own The Friendship Onion playlist. But if you keep digging and digging and digging, you'll find the official one. Oh, so there you are. Also, you can send us emails at thefriendshiponion at castmedia.com. Yeah, and uh, please enjoy yourself. <laughs> and um, the rest of your week. The rest of your week, and we'll see you anon. Toodles. Bye-bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.